Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scrapbook, a podcast dedicated to all things digital art. I'm your host, Michaela Colonna, and today's guest is artist, photographer, explorer, and writer, Giulio Aprin. Hi, Giulio, and welcome to Scrapbook. Hi, Michele. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Julia, for taking the time to be on the show. I was I was really looking forward to our conversation. And gosh, I have so many questions to ask you about your art, your travels, and, and what are some of the most amazing places in the world. But let's start with the with really, you know, Julia, the you know, the the, the person, right? You're obviously many, many things. You're an explorer, you're a photographer, you're an artist, you're a writer. How would you best describe yourself to the audience? To, to I told you, this is a crazy answer. I, I love it because it's, you know, right. it's, it's, a, it's a question that I've been asking to myself as well. Sometimes I, I look, not even in the mirror, I look into my, you know, my brain and I'm like, what am I doing? How many things I'm trying to cover, you know, like, and how can I be defined? And I, I, I feel that sometimes the tendency is to try to put people and things in categories and boxes, you know. But, the, you know, the, there are people that are, in this case, you know, my life and the way I approach things is really hard to find, you know, a specific box, you know, for it. Right. You, you, you mentioned all this, this stuff, you know, explorer, photographer, artist. Writer, I I maybe narrowed down to explorer and photographers, and and in inside these two there are you know it's kind of group a lot of different things you know like in you know in exploration there are many disciplines, many activities, many way of seeing and you know like you can be an explorer just being in in a very you know a very limited space you know you don't need to be. You know, like uh, Terzani, you know, is a, is a journalist from Florence used to say, you don't, to find yourself, you don't need to go in a temple in China or somewhere, you know, in, in India, for example, or somewhere in the jungle, you know. So exploration has different meanings and it definitely covers different aspects of my life, you know, from the internal exploration, philosophical, as we want to call it, or the actual, you know, activity of exploring stuff. It could go from climbing you know, to hiking, to different, you know, way of exploring the landscape. And, and in photography, I like to say there is a other stuff that I, I consider within that discipline, which is, you know, storytelling. The writing is also nowadays, especially part of photography as well. You know, a photograph itself, it's powerful, but, you know, you always need to contextualize into, you know, like, you know, a, a context, a, a, a certain situation, and you can do it, you know, taking that photograph along with some, some written parts. And artist is a, is a definition that it doesn't work with me when it comes from me. I can't really define myself to be an artist. Which, I always yeah. say, if people love or see that into what I'm doing, that is totally fine. I'm not, you know, saying, no, you shouldn't call me an artist. But from my point of view as a photographer, I'm not creating things, I'm capturing things. And so we could open a whole debate about it. And, and I always no, have this debate within the, the community. Yeah, this is, I don't know, I'm, I'm a photographer and an explorer mainly, you know, this is what I do. Well, I, I, I guess it would be safe to say that, you know, travel is the common denominator, right? And then that informs all the other activities, right? The travel informs your photography, the travel informs your art, the travel informs your writing, right? That's your the common denominator, right? 
Yeah. And, but you, 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 it's funny you brought, you brought that up, but you know, th th there's a lot of conversations, right. In the community out there as to like, you know, what is art, you know, what makes, you know, what makes art, you know, uh, what makes an art, what is an artist. Right. And, you know, it's a dilemma, right. There's, you know, there's a lot of insecurities that kick in, right. It's like, well, but I'm a real, I'm really an artist. And then there's, you know, the pushback against that, like, well, not really, because, you know, maybe just capturing great pictures and great pictures don't necessarily mean it's art, right. Because it's not about the aesthetic. So it's about really the thesis or the, the vision behind, you know, the artist, right? So I always find it very fascinating, but I, I love your approach because it's very, very disarming in that, look, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing what I do every day, right? I'm doing what I'm passionate about and, you know, you can call it whatever you want, right? But if you want to call it art, great. You know, to me, it could be art, right? Because I'm, and, and I, at some point during the conversation, I will tell you why I, I look at you as an artist as well. I think of you as an yeah, artist, yeah. right? Because, and I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do it, I'll say it now, because what it, you know, you, 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 you bring, you bring a part of, you bring to the world, right? A, a part of the world, right? That is often written off, right? It's kind of, you know, kind of taken for granted, or perhaps it's, it's written off because, you know, it's on a, you know, not interesting because of the geopolitical, you know, reality where it finds itself, right? Or because it's inaccessible or because maybe dangerous, whatever. So people take, you know, little interest and, but you know, the fact that you, that you actually made your point to spend an inordinate amount of time in these places, you know, to me, it speaks to like a drive to tell that story, right? And to tell that through, you know, you could have written about it, you know, you spoke of Terzani, right? Who was, uh, who did an amazing job, right? In his own right, you know, to describing Asia, right? To, to the world, right? Especially to the Italian audience, because, you know, he wrote for, you know, he wrote for, 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 for the Italian market, right? Although a lot of his books have been translated into English, but, and it, but it's funny, but you, you made me think of Tiziano and you mentioned Tiziano. So like, do you, do you recognize yourself into his work and his, and what he tried to do with his, what his like? Well, I, I don't know. I haven't really dig deep, dig deep into his body of work. You know, I, I just read certain parts and, and more about his philosophy, you know, his way of seeing yeah, things. Yeah. You know? I see the similarities with their story, you know, like he's from Florence, you know, and he never felt, yeah, right. you know, like, he's from your neck of the woods for sure. Yeah. yeah it's just insane. You know, there are so many, and the passion that he started with photography and then, you know, like he, you know, went on into journalism. I started with photography. I then started documentary filmmaking in London, where that was like what I wanted to do actually go. My main goal was to do exactly what he was, he was doing, you know, go to war zones. Yeah. I think he covered also many like, yeah. like very dangerous yeah. situation at the beginning of his career. I, but I learned about him afterwards, you know, like I, I started playing with the camera when I was five years old and he, something you mentioned, wow. I wanted to reconnect to what you said, these, these two, two things, photography and traveling. I, you know, my family was, you know, we were lucky enough. I was lucky enough that my family would take me around Europe, you know, on these road trips, you know, my father loves to drive and we used to go, you know, driving all around from Norway to Turkey. And I would, we would go and we, I would, we would have this little camera, analog yeah, camera yeah. actually, and I would steal it to take photos, you know? So going back to the art, art thing as well, I'm like, to me, it, I was born with it and I was born with, with this feeling, you know, looking back because now I'm 30, 31 and. I look back and like what it was driving me to take that camera and shoot, you know, I, I don't think we'll ever find that specific answer, but the only thing that I can find right now inside myself to explain that is the need to express, you know, they need to take something out. And I think that is also what art should do, you know, but 
Sorry to interrupt you, but that is exactly what art is, right? It's it's not even about technique. It's not even about it's not even about the ability to draw or to paint or to take photographs. It's really about that innate desire or need more than a desire to express that inner state, right? And and what makes an artist and what makes not an artist is that is the difference between having to desperately tell that story, right? To 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 share that story with the world. Yeah, I think I totally agree. I think also, I mean, we this conversation can go. <laughs> But there is also two two aspects of artistic work. In my opinion, maybe there are even more, but one is the need of the artist to, to convey a message to the outside world through what they're doing. So they're using the power of art or the power of, you know, those tools that, that the artist has to, to show or transmit that message outside of their world, you know. In my case, it's not really about that. It's about translating that ex that that feeling that that things that I want to express and I want to tell to myself, you know, it's hard to explain. I'm not willing to show anything to the external world, you know. For me, that part is the sharing part, you know. But to me, yeah. to find the right capture to photograph is to co is to complete something. Is co to complete that expression feelings that I need to find within myself. You know, I need to give. It's not even pleasure. You know, it's like a missing part, and I I I close that missing part or that gap through photographing. You know. So in a way, are you saying that like your your you, it starts with the need to to speak to an audience of one, which is you, right? To yes. sort of like provide context to your your, 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 you know, your need to create, right? Yeah. And then, then obviously by, you know, the, the byproduct obviously is that eventually the work gets shared with the audience, but you're really doing it to, to, it's, it's, it's almost like an existential thing, right? It, yes. it, it allows you, it's, it allows you to, um, to, yeah. am I, am I reading this correctly? No, no, you actually explain it perfectly. And, and you know, I, I still think I'm, I'm working on, I'm trying to understand you know, what is driving me to do it. But something that I can tell you for sure, and it literally, you know, answer what she just said as well, is I never, I never felt that com compulsive need of sharing or showing or selling, you know, like 80, 90% of my work has never been published, you know. I never really wanted to showcase it. I I recently, I mean, I've been photographing so many different things before I came to the, this big project and to find actually my niche, my interest. You know, I, when I started, I hated landscape photography and look where I am. <laughs> so oh, life is a constant change, you know. I was yeah. literally asking everyone, why do you take photos of landscape? It's boring. There's nothing in I've been through a lot, you know, some, some very basic fashion, clubs, gigs, you know, events yeah. and a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, uh, and then I each, you know, just maturing, you know, within, you know, in, into your life, how many, five years or five years ago, six years ago, I, I literally put all the things together. I said, I love traveling. I've been always looking to travel around the world. You know, I love hiking. I love the nature. I love all this stuff. How can I, you know, find the best combination, you know, of all this? NFT actually brought me back on my own path because I, I a little bit lost the track of my photography as a, as a foundations, you know, of my life, you know, I never really stopped thinking, oh, 
wow, I've been changing, you know, I've been doing so many different sports, so many different things, but photography has always been there, you know, and only NFTs brought me back to, to these, to the attention of this, you know, I was like, oh, wow, cool. actually photography has been the constant in my life, you know, something that has already been there, you know, and there, you know, five, and six years ago, I just, say again. Yeah. No, I was going to say, are you, refer and are you, re are you referring to how the, the community responded to your, to your early works, your early NFT works from the get-go that sort of like trigger that? A, a mix of things. Definitely the, you know, as I told you, not even my friends ask me much about what I do. My, not even about the trips I go on. So it's literally for my, it's not selfish, but like I do it to, because I love it. If people are interested, I'm more than welcome. But in the, in the Web3 community, in, in Twitter, you know, in this NFT community, I found People like me that I, you know, I never had the chance to meet in Florence where I'm based, you know, never had this yeah. very niche community of other photographers, other artists, you know, struggling the same way, traveling the world, you know, and other things like that. And I, I was like, oh, wow. So some people can actually understand, you know, like, and understand yeah. what I'm <laughs> doing. Sorry. So from there, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, I should actually go back and pay a little bit more of attention to my photography. You know, I kind of divert, you know, with the social media, you try to accommodate the needs of the, the market, you know, the Instagram stuff. And NFT kind of, you know, kicked me back into track, you know, of what I really want to do in life. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's the perfect package, right? Because, you know, you have travel as your, like I said, your common denominator, right? And then you have all these sort of like side not side, they're not side at all. All these sort of side disciplines, right? In a way that can feed off of the, you know, the, the travel basically enables all these, you know, the writing, the photography, the art making, right? And, but, but you also do like, so I guess you should, you should add our athlete to the, to the mix, right? Because <laughs> you do you hike, right? I, so I'm active. I wouldn't say I'm pro, but I'm active. You, I've been hiking all my life. Hike. I'm always looking for, to hike, you know, wherever I go. I've been doing a little bit of caving through, you know, geology in Italy and canyoning, climbing a little bit. You know, I just, I think the landscape around us has not just a way to be, to be lived, but you have to interact with the environment in order to understand it. Yeah. And so going with the car at the bottom of a big mountain or get a, a ski lift, whatever, to get on top of the mountain and say, oh, beautiful mountain is not always the way, you know, sometimes you have to get deeper, you know, you get to have your hands dirty, you know, like, and, and so why, this is why I love hiking. I get, you know, the pain, you know, like the, there is a whole process behind it. And hopefully that will apply soon also in the desert. There are many things I have in mind. We'll see. But you know, the, the funny yeah. story is the desert is just a project. You know, I am fully in love of what I'm doing. It's going to be maybe a long-term project. But I'm, I don't like the heat. I don't like the sand. And people oh. that I'm actually, yeah, it's like, there is a big contrast. Yeah. I think life is about many contrasts, you know? And I, yeah, and yeah. I even, even love that in seeing it in the other people. And, and I love seeing other people admitting it. You know, some people, they're not really admitting this contrast in their life or they're not accepting them, you know? But that's the beauty, you know? I love the mountains. I love the snow. I love the jungles. I love... I actually prefer being in the cold than in the heat, but so yeah. But I don't know. But I, I don't think you can remove yourself from the desert any longer, right? No, it, yeah. no I'm stuck here. Though. Yeah. It's like your brand, so you have to. Yeah. 
explore even further. But so, Julio, let's take it. Let's take it way back. Then let's take it back to the beginnings. Like, can you just share with us like a little bit of your personal history? You know, yeah, you know, sure. Where you got your background in general? Yeah. Yeah, as I said, I, I, you know, when it comes to photography and traveling, I started very young age. I actually, the same age I started doing sports, I was skiing at the age of five and, and I got great opportunities in my life. Thanks to my family. I want to be very honest. And there were, I always like to divide my life in like some epic, important, you know, like segments, you know, of, of the whole journey. And one has been the Boy Scouts. I've been a Boy Scout for 11 years. And that, for some people, you know, they laugh about it. But for me, it's been an important journey in my life, an important experience because it trained me not just as a person, as an individual, but as a citizen, as a, as a, as a human being, you know, and, and also as a man versus nature, you know, how to interact, yeah, how yeah. to understand nature, how to navigate nature, you know, from camping, survival, you know, all this stuff. So that was right. a big thing. And there I started this was, to... This, was a, this is in Italy, Julia? In, in Italy, Italy, yes. Here in Florence. Yeah. 11 years actually was maybe the best time of my life. I want to be honest. Yeah. You know, friendship, brotherhood, you know, so many values, so many principles. And I brought photography there. I, to me, it was so important to document these beautiful moments, you know. Not in a... You mm -hmm. know, I was maybe 11, maybe 7 years old, 12 years old, 15... You know, I was very little, so I would have like a little compact camera and bring it with me all the, all the time. Then that big part of and photography still been with me, even when I left Boy Scouting. And then, you know, high school, protest, student movements. I was very involved in politics, you know, I, well, you know, student politics. And, yeah. and I, I was hitting on every, every protest, every march, you know, I would go to Rome, to Genoa, you know, I was like very involved. At one point I was, I, I was trying to get away from being directly involved and I wanted to be the eye over the situation and photograph this situation. So I've been photographing, I think around 100 protests and even little ones, yeah. I would always be there with my camera. Yeah. This was the high school. Then politics kind of, you know, start to, to be painful for your for your organs, you know, it's not good. It's not good to, yeah. you know, get on fire for battles that, you know, it's just sometimes yeah. is you utopic. And and from there, I I well, in between, I started to do parkour. I don't know if you ever heard about parkour. Yeah, I, yeah and I saw somewhere that you are a, a parkour. Oh, oh, something like yeah, a, I'm a, an ex a, ex, uh, ex for, former former parkour coach. Yes. Oh, but, coach. Okay, yeah, coach. Yeah. I, I read that somewhere and I had no idea. And I know very well what parkour is. Okay. Uh, you know, it comes out of the the, the, the French suburb, not yes. the suburb, actually, the, the periphery, right? The, the, you know, those nondescriptive, like, Bunny trying to find the right word. It's not suburb and it's not ghetto. It's, it's the, it's, it's, it's the, it's the outskirts, right? The outskirts, the, the, yes. immigrant, the immigrant outskirts, right? And I came out of that experience, right? And so, you know, there's a lot of like social strife kind of that informs the, the activity, right? The sport, you know, is it even a sport? What is it an art form? It's con it's con it's yes, it's considered an art form, a discipline because it's not competitive against others, but it's, it's you versus you, you know, versus yourself. It's a yeah. self-discipline. I started that after many sports, I was looking for something that it wasn't about me and others, as I mentioned right now, but it was more about finding myself and finding a way to 
confront myself, you know, and uh, oh. there was no parkour in Florence. And so with my <laughs> friends in high school, we would start jumping around, you know, looking, even YouTube wasn't a thing, you know, it was like early stage. You couldn't find much, you know, around. So we started jumping around and after 70, well, after a few years became a big association, one of the biggest in Italy and nice. And I, I was so proud and I'm not into the association anymore. I just found it. I've been there for seven years. Then I moved to London where I did my certificates and everything was, but this was a big part of my life because parkour teaches you a lot of things that people do not know or do not maybe see. Parkour teaches you the limits are not physical, but are in your brain. Limits are just in your brain. You know, we always say, we used to say, you can have all the muscles you have to, you have to, you can be the strongest man on this planet, but if your brain doesn't tell you to jump, you're not going to jump, whatever the, the, the distance is, you know, it doesn't need to be the right. biggest jump ever, you know, but if the brain doesn't unlock, you know, that, that, you know, that thing and tells you, okay, you got this, you can jump, you can be strong, strongest man alive, you know, but you're not going to jump. Wow. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and, and you're a witness, I guess you, 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 you're saying that it's, it's definitely the case, right? If you're, if you, if you can convince yourself that you can do it, then you will Absolutely. do it, right? It's, it's also about not yeah. self-discipline and training. And I brought all this yeah. into, you know, my traveling, into my expeditions, into my, these long trips, you know, that requires a yeah. lot of mental, mental preparation Toughness. and yeah. self-discipline, a lot of things. So as I said, I, I left parkour after seven years, I went to London, there I, I was already you know, slowly trying to understand what I really wanted to see, how I wanted to see Julio in the future. Can I ask you a question? I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, can I ask you a question, yeah, sure. uh, a sequence, right? Is it study before you do it or is everything impromptu? And you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like if yeah, you're yeah, going to go up, I need to question. Do you, you, do you think about it ahead of time and work it in your mind and then do it or you just do it and then deal it's with a, it as you are flying in the middle of the air. It's a great question, actually. This is a great question because I never got this question before. So it really depends. You know, the, the, let's say there is a lot of, like, let's say there is 80%, 90% of training. Like we train movements. We train more than the movements, our body to react to the environment and to the obstacles. Okay. When it comes to the, the one that we call the playing part, the game part, you know, the one that you more express expression or expressive of, you know, like the art form itself is literally trace a line, which is like trace getting from here to there, you know, to point from a point A to point Z or B and, and, you know, just navigate through the obstacles and find a way to, so it depends, you know, sometimes you literally stay one tracing one specific line and you try and try and try over and over again, or you just, you know, one, you finish all your physical training, you decided to you know, go with the flow and without thinking, you have to do it. So there are also, this is like trains different aspects of the brain, because when you train on a specific thing over and over again, you're training to do that specific thing, you know, but if you let, you know, you don't have that limitations, your body has to, and brain has to adapt straight away to whatever obstacle we'll find. So it really depends. We are, we adopt both, uh, both ways, you know, like pre and, and plan. Yeah. And nowadays, right, as you travel through your, you know, some of these inhospitable places, right, I guess that training comes handy, right? The, 
the mental toughness, right? That parkour sort of informs and builds up, right? Comes very handy, right? It's, it's, it's vital. Like, you know, what boy scouting and parkour together, which is funny because they, at their origins, there is the same person, which is George Hebert, which is a military from France, you know, back in the 1800 that actually, uh, where both Boy Scouting and parkour comes from. This is a long story, but the mental preparation, it's what helped me, well, coming from parkour, especially it, uh, helped me through the organization and, and the living of this experience, you know, because you train your brain to be calm and, you know, problem solving, but also you train it to, to, to make sure that you know that you are capable Oh, sorry, to know that your body is capable to do whatever you, you want to do if you train hard and if you, are, you know, condition it, you know, to, to whatever you're going to do, you know, whatever is an exam, a long trip, an expedition, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. I had no idea. I mean, I saw a coach, a parkour coach. I was like, well, maybe it's like a, a side gig or maybe it's like a fun, <laughs> you know, activity, but, but it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's been a big part of your life. Sounds yeah, like. Yeah. I've been every day, seven hours a day. I've been training, you know. I was super fit, not like now, <laughs> like right now. Um, but it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it helps getting away from the cops, right? At the protests, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's never actually, you know what? It's been amazing. Well, we've been able to do in the suburbs of Florence, the many of these uh, places where we, you know, we train open air. You know, it's not gym, it's not like fancy build like places. We would train outside in some, you know, like yachts, some some squares or some specific places and and we've been helping this area also to keep a better level of security safety because wow. some of these places would you know like a little bit abandoned you know wouldn't be you know you would find some very sketchy people but we our presence you know these people wouldn't show up anymore you know so we actually did a lot of good things and i miss i miss parkour no, we, we should we should organize something. Maybe we should do like maybe we should do something with NFTs, right? And then parkour. we should do like we should make a theme, you know, the parkour team, and maybe do a drop around, build a drop around it. But so back to your art. So Julio, you know, obviously one of, is as I mentioned before, one of your many gifts is the, you know, you're able to bring to the world, you know, the stunning beauty of you know of like forgotten places, right? Sure. You know. Places that are, you know, inhospitable and, you know, just someplace outright dangerous, right? You mentioned, you know, in a previous conversation we had that you were actually getting ready to go to, to the Sudan. But, but I, I just want to, I want to understand or learn more about like, how do you, how do you navigate these places? You know, how does the trip come about? How the, you know, the organization and the actual logistics of when you get to these places? Because obviously, you know, we get to see the finished product, which is, it's, it's, it's astonishing. It's just absolutely stunning, right? But gosh, we, we have got to be able to see beyond the frame, right? We've got to see what's on the left, right, bottom, and top of that frame, right? Because I'm sure it's a whole, you know, it's, it's a hellscape, right? This is another great question. I, and I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very happy that you mentioned all this because I feel sometimes that, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, I don't, you know, it's, it's not a rant, but I feel like sometimes a, a photograph itself in a world where photographs and digital medias are like, you know, accessible everywhere, anywhere by anyone, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. We don't pay attention to what you just said. The photograph I bring to the world are the 0.00001%, you know, is to me, when I get to 
publish this photograph, you like, you know, put them on the blockchain in this case, whatever. It's literally, I wouldn't say the boring part or the, like the less interesting part, but like the, I always joke about this, the art form in what I do is planning and organizing the trips. There's a whole art situation. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah, you yeah. need to be a, a you know, a sculptor. Everything, you know, a creator, it's, it's very, very, yeah. very, very complex. And I mean, it always started with, with navigation, cartography, mapping, you know, this is a, comes from boy scouting as well. So understanding, you know, how to move even in a country, you know, what to look for. Photography literally comes as a almost final part, yeah. you know, especially if you're going to a place for the first time, you know, Mauritania now it's kind of already, you know, like had been, it's not a, a, a first place anymore. So I know how to navigate and everything, but you get on Google and you start scouting, you know, like you start understanding, you start learning, you know, the situation, you know, currency, you know, political, geopolitical situation, you know, how to navigate and also, you know, topography, cartography. So, uh, you know, which areas are the more interesting one, you know, where can we push ourselves, you know, how do we need to navigate this place? You know, the desert usually requires four by four with this expert drivers, you know, usually more than one four by four. There is a lot of logistics. I give you an average. It takes me from six months, three months at, at a minimum to up to two years preparation, you know, with, with the wow. photography aspect is, itself, you know, to, to find, you know, there is a lot of learning, studying. I also go retrace back, you know, for example, the last trip I did, it was mainly to retrace the trans-Saharian routes, you know, and get to yeah, those yeah. villages and ancient civilization and towns that have been left in the Sahara. So there is also history, you know, you go back to archivals. Yeah of library or of like French libraries, open source libraries, you try to find informations. I always try to find things that are literally on, at least on the internet are not possible to find, you know, it's a lot of work. It's, you know, like for example, this Sudan trip, I've been working six months and I was working, studying Chad and Sudan at the same time. Now I, ha I have another Mauritanian trip, one month and a half. And for example, for this one in Mauritania, back in Mauritania, I'm not studying it, you know, again, because I know that the area, I know the situation is just about finding the right places where I want to photograph. And honestly, I've been photographing a lot in the last one. Mauritania came, you ask why Mauritania or like Mauritania is a big part of what I'm doing. I think we mentioned this offline, but uh, you know, when I, when I, everything started because I read an article online of this photographer that crossed the desert with this train, you know, the Sahara train. And it wasn't an Instagram thing. It was a, a proper journalistic article. And I look at that. I said, I need to step up my adventure game. You know, I need to go a little bit higher. I want to do that crossing of the train. I said, I point to the, to the article. I said, this is going to happen this year. After one month and a half, awesome. I was there. I was literally just for that. I was literally just with that. What's, what's the itinerary? What does it start from? What is it? Oh, this uh, is a part? cargo train. So it's not a passenger right. train. And it starts yeah. from the yeah. mining town of Zwerat, uh, right in the, the deep of the, the Sahara Desert. So they extract iron ore. They load yeah. it on this. Uh, this is one of the longest trains, up to three kilometers of, of train, you know, and on a, wow. on a total length of 700 
kilometer railway. You hope on the train. Only within Mauritania or does it touch different countries? Only Mauritania goes from the mining town to the coast where oh, it's okay. loaded on the ships and being sold to around the world. Yes. Wow. That, that was, you know, like I, it was a, again, once again for myself, an adventure point and a, and, a, and a kind of push myself out of the comfort zone once again. From there, it was like, I've been to Jordan. I've been to the, the Dubai, you know, in the desert there. I've been to Namibia as well, but with that, I was like, desert. I need to do more here. I need to photograph more. There's so much untold, so much unphotographed. Right. You know, I've been also researching old photographs of, you know, the Sahara in general. They, some are dated back from the 1950s, you know, black and whites, all photographed. There's no one has yeah, yeah. been in these places no more after ages, you know, so I said, I love this and I love the minimalism of the desert. You know, it's very clean. Yeah, yeah. I have very OCD problem with precision. Right? <laughs> Everything has to be of your size. You, you bring up a great point. There is a, 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 a minimalism to the aesthetics of the desert, right? There's a, a sense of peace that is interrupted just by these sort of like subtle, you know, dune tops, right? And then these sort of like gentle waves, right? It's, but it's all about it and the lighting. My God, there's no, I cannot think of any natural landscape with the lighting as expressive and as, as, I don't know, pregnant with, with, with like with saturated colors like the desert. Yeah. You know, the desert at sunset, right? It's just, you know, that that degree of 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 orange or 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 terracotta or whatever you want to call those shades, right? Just like, and and I see that through your work. I mean, it's to me, it's like you know, there's a whole there's a whole color palette that your work informs. In in my respect, you know, if I'm a designer, I'm if I'm a designer, I have a bunch of your pictures on on my mood board, right? <laughs> I because you know, it's just that 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 kind of work. And yeah, the, uh, the light is you, uh, you know, light is important. In, I think in in everything from Biological aspect, you know, without light, without the sun, we are, we're almost dead creatures from the, you know, like it, it impacts our mood. It impacts the photography. It's all about light. Yeah. It's not about light, you know, yeah. and photography, it's all it, it, you know, was born. All about light. Yeah. Based on it. But I want to be also honest because some people ask me and, you know, the desert has that fascinating thing to me at least. Well, there are some hours that it, the light is really bad, but in general, you know, I, I have a very journalistic approach from, for, for this, from this point of view. I, of course, there are times, as you said, sunset, sunrise, you know, where lights is always like the best. But, you know, for me also, when I go on this expedition and I spend a lot of time, I don't really plan, you know, like the, fo the photos like some photographers do, you know, oh, I'm going to be in this place at this time, I'm going to take the photos. I really value the experience and I think that we live our life 24 hours. We don't live our life only at sunset and sunrise, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, it's, it would be so beautiful to live our life when there is the best you know, season, when there is the best light, you know, but that's not how it is. And sometimes you got to take those photographs in the time you're there, you know, in, the, in that exact moment that you find yourself there because maybe you don't uh -huh. have another opportunity, you know? But the results right, right. in the desert, are always stunning, always. So this is is the concern. It looks that way. And and so Julio, is is it you and and is it you in a in, in a tent? Is it you in a group of people? Is it you in a in a, in a driver and a and a 
and and some what what does it look like what does your what does your your expedition look like so when you're doing these another great question i did for example i did namibia self-driven so we i was we me and a friend of mine another just an amateur photographer we we wanted to do a, a cool trip we rented a four by four we drove all around namibia from oh my god we like something like seven thousand kilometers we spent a month and a half there and so that was all like by ourselves with, with the risks of the case, you know, because, you know, it's, it's, it Namibia is very, very strange. You know? It's, it's a strange place in that the coastline, which in every other country is the most populated and the most economically viable part of the country is probably the least, right? And most yeah, of yeah. the life takes place in the deep interior, right? Yeah. It's because you have, yeah. Answered, right along the, the coast. The whole geo geograph, yeah, geopolitical. But in general, the history of Namibia is very interesting. You know, Namibia has the Namib Desert, which covers from Angola to South Africa, and is all basically on the coast. Oh, and right. uh, yeah, you, the the main cities are inside, you know, inner Namibia. But also the more the most vibrant and populated area is the northern part, where, where is green. You go from near Angola, around the border Angola, right? With the border with Angola, yes, the Caprivi Strip, where we actually went, but the landscape changes completely. We went from 40 degrees to rainy season, you know, in the north. It was just insane. <laughs> Namibia is amazing, and Jordan, I did it. I work with the tourism office, so I've always been there, you know, kind of for work. Mauritania, first time was a friend of mine. I I said I. Anyone wants to come with me on this train? She came with me out of the blue. Like we had no connections. We, I never spoke French and I, and I, we didn't know French. We didn't know anything. And we went with, with the flow. And the second time I had a driver because we wanted to go very far, you know, a very remote and very yeah. dangerous situation. Well, risky situation. We got lost three days in the, in a, in a very, very remote place and Paul. So I don't have groups, like it's not a tourism sort of thing. I want to take groups and, in the future, but it's a different story. So yeah, one. And, and so, Julia, but it, like you, you make camp at night, then you break camp so in yes. the morning, then you move on to uh, we, vacation. We, we, you last, just... last expeditions with Mauritania, we camped for 45 days, no electricity, no running water. And camping is, it was a very a traditional nomads camp. And so... Yeah. There is yeah. no floor. You're sitting on the sand with scorpions and things and other insects. Wow. Well, spiders mainly. And uh, you put the tent and it covers you. Sleeping bags has been very painful for my back. But right. it's it's the, you know, if you, uh, well, first of all, there are no hotels, no guest houses. Like There is, there is yeah. no option, you know. You can yeah. step up the game of the, of the camping if you have multiple vehicles bringing all the materials, you know, you can. If you pay, you can have everything, chefs, you know, like yeah. beds, yeah. you know, but we, we go very low budget. So we tend, we camp fire sometimes with the gas, you know, the gas stove or just fire on the sand and we cook directly like nomads do. We've been doing the bread under the sand as well. Like we've been doing very, I like to experience what they have, they have to go through. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's wow, tough. That's fascinating. It's very tough. It's very, it's, very it's, tough. It's tough. Yeah. You know, showering you know? with buckets of water, like every evening, you know, and, and at night it gets colder, even though I like it, it was, it was tough. And the food, you know, we could, the food, yeah. our food was tuna, pasta, eggs, <laughs> and bread. 
and you could meet, and we would yeah. eat all of these together all the time. And tomato, yeah. Yeah. tomato paste, it was yeah. like, oh my God, man, it was like touche broth. And now, did you end up doing that, uh, that rail ride from the, the mines to the, to the coast? Did you do that? I did it twice because I, I love pain, basically. <laughs> the first time yeah. was 21 hours. We went all of the way, so the whole railway. And this time in 2022, I was with another guy, that another photographer. We did uh, half of it, 12 hours. We actually got very sick for a week after. The week after, uh, we got a oh, wow. say, ingestion. Indigestion, indigestion, how do you say, I don't know. Cool. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's fun. I I recommend it. If you like adventure, (laughs) I recommend it. If people think it's extreme, of course, I think, you know, the word extreme and the level of, you know, extreme is very subjective, you know, but itself is not physical demanding because you're sitting on a, on top of a train. And you just admire yeah. the landscape and, and relax, you know, very If I think about your work, so I, one of my, my absolute favorite is, uh, is, I think it's called Sand on Time, right? That's one of my, one of my favorite of your work, right? Can, can you describe the setting of that? Like what, what other structures and what, you know, it, yeah, just walk me through the scene. Yeah, I think it's, no, I, I am sure actually, because I forget my titles as well. I'm terrible. It's Sand off. Time, yes, yeah, sense, sense of, sense of time. I think sense of time, sense of time. Yeah, is is actually, uh, I, you know, I'm very transparent and very honest. I, I wasn't even considering it a piece to be brought to the public attention. You know, I was like, uh, I don't right. like it. You know, I twisted, I played with it. You know, it was also very. There was a lot of noise because, as as you mentioned earlier, this was actually shot at sunset with these very orangey colors. You know, there is and the a colors fun, are stunning. Yeah, I I don't know. People love it. I I understand why now, but it took me weeks to to appreciate myself. This is a funny story because we were so that village is very near very close to the to the asphalt you know there is one road big road that, that is asphalted and and it crossed the sahara you know because unfortunately many nomadic tribes many nomads they tend slowly to get closer to accessible water accessible goods and stuff like that but we were basically with the 4x4 we get out of the main road from this main road and we went one kilometer and a half into the desert you know and we've been because, you know, so every day around five, six, seven, it depends. Sometimes it was too late because it was getting dark. We would get away from the main road or track to find a good spot where to put our tents, you know, away from people, you know, and a little bit, yeah, a little bit apart. And then we'd be navigating up and down. So we couldn't find the right spot, you know, because you need the perfect sand, you know, we know there are some specific Thing, stingy bushes and stuff. I don't know. Like you had to have the best point. So we go up and up and down, you know? So at one point we were so tired, but we wanted to still look around, you know, what was around us because we were in the middle of nowhere. So we, we flew the drone and we saw these, these things literally, you know, lock, nestle, you know, in these sand dunes, uh, not even sand dunes, into the sand itself. And, and, and I saw this scene, I'm like, oh, wow, this is actually super interesting, you know? These are literally, you know, those nomads that are not intense anymore. They're getting closer, as I said, to civilization, like to 
to something, you know, so that they can, you know, again, water, electricity, food, whatever, closer to these goods. And they build some sort of shelters, you know, they're not tents anymore. They've been building with some, I don't know what, I think they're metal, you know, stuff. Yeah, it looks like a metal roof. Yes. It's a, uh, it's, uh, you know, we would call it emergency shelter, but this is where these people live. And to me, it was so impressive. The title is Send of Time, and it's like almost like, you know, playing with words because it's like people have been asking me many times, did they do, did they wear there already or they build it after the sun, you know, kind of create those sort of, how do you say, like little shelter themselves, you know, in the nature shelter. I think from, you know, what I've been seeing around and analyzing stuff, they've been there. Is the sand that is being brought by the, the, the winds and in the, where they found oh, an wow. obstacle accumulates around it, you know, and, and kind of yeah. stuff there. I don't know. It's, again, it took me weeks to appreciate it, but it's unique. It's very unique. It's also yeah, very it's hard, hard to find a, a photograph like that around. It's a stunning picture. And, but more than anything, it just, it, it, it just prods the, the question, like, like, like what, what is it? Like, what am I looking at? You know, is it like a, an encampment? Is it like, like, how does a neighbor visit a neighbor? You know, it's, yeah. it, 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 it just it's fascinating, right? You it's, know, many of these tribes like, usually have these encampments that are, you know, like they, they're like inhabited by multiple members of the family, you know, like they, yeah, if there is family. a family, it's hard to find a part of the family living somewhere or another uh, part yeah. of the family living somewhere else. So they usually... I mean, uh, living modules, you know, it could be tents or it could be these sort of, how do you, would you call it, shacks, you know, like desert shacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you're saying they're family compounds then, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've seen the same sort of model actually in, in Northern Namibia. They have the same, but it's just in the jungle, but it's very similar like structure. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. In the desert, there is one rule and you can't, you cannot really leave anyone behind, you know, in the desert and the family, family is a big thing, you know, in this, in the Muslim culture in general in Northern Africa, but in many cultures around the world. And so it's still very strong. They help each other, you know, and they all stay close to each other's. Yeah. Is, is Mauritania considered, is it like the Berber, is a Berber culture or Yeah. Is there a thing? five different tribes and it's definitely nomadic and yes, from, but it's, it, it has been mixed in the history with the Ghana empire. So there is also the Sahel part, there's Mauritania has a Sahel part, but you know, this, this border has, has been drawn by the colonizers. You know, you see these borders yeah. around Africa lines, but they are nomadic tribes. Yes. I think there are yeah. five, five of them. Right, right, right. Now the the other word that I love, I think I think it's called desert prison, and right. and I, you know, when I look at that work, I definitely see like an element of like existentialism in your work, right? And you know, especially that work reminds me or makes me think of Sati's, well, in Italian, right? You as you all know, Deserto di Tartari. I think you would translate it in English as the the desert of the Tartars. I don't know how to translate, but it's basically the Italian version of waiting for Godot, right? Where, you know, you're waiting for this, you know, you're, it's this French sort of compost. What do you say? This, this, this outpost, uh, lonely yeah. post right in the middle of nowhere. And these soldiers, you know, the foreign legion kind of waiting for the, barb the, the, for the, uh, the Tartari to come and invade, right? They never, they never come, right? So it's sort of that setting. But looking at, you know, desert prison reminds me of that. 
Yeah. I mean, am I re- do I read that correctly or 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 is or is that just, you know, an, an impression or You whatever? mentioned ex- existentialism as a as a thing as a oh, as a topic as a, I I actually I had to re read and re relearn a little bit about this because uh, you know, sometimes you you do things you don't pay too much attention on, you know, why you do it. Just, I would I would say not even not just desert prison has this sort of push, you know. I think there is a big big you know element where the man yeah. the human you know the humankind the individual is put in front of not just themselves, you know. I always I often say actually the desert itself it's like a mirror, you know. You you literally reflect your 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 life and your your being your you know in you know through the desert. And I think these, you know, the desert prison itself, but other pieces are literally the expression of exist- existentialism, you know, and, and it's, is it untold or um, is it un- uh, unprovoked? You know, I'm not looking f- to do that, but that comes out all the time, you know, to put yeah, these yeah, two elements, yeah. you know, in front of each other's and, you know, in a way, the desert shows the humankind how, well, not just the desert, but the desert in particular, how small we are. Sometimes how, how insignificant we, we are, you know, the vastness, you know, because we are so self-centered and you, you, human-centered, you know, we are the best, you know, humans are the most intense, you know, blah, 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 blah. But like, you know, there is a, a world out there that doesn't really pay attention to humans as a, you know, as a, such a powerful thing. So there is always this kind of, yes, this, I think, as you said, existentialism is a big part of, of this desert prison yeah, I mean, is, a, is a prison in the middle of nowhere. Right. No, it's very, cool. it's, it's, it's not operational. It's not operational. No, it's not operational. It's right? not working anymore. But I, honestly, I don't think it shut down so long time ago. These places are oh, harsh, you know, this yeah. is placed on a little hill desert hill in front of Walata, which is one of the the last standing and villages in, in between Mali. It's a border between Mali and Mauritania. It was a, a very important stop, you know, for the Trans-Saharan routes and the caravan of camels. So I can, wow. I don't actually, I don't want to imagine how it would have been to be under 50 degrees Celsius in the middle of the Sahara. You know, in, in a place that hasn't changed much, you know, they don't have much infrastructure or anything, you know, and it's a tiny prison. We got inside as well with, you know, all these signs and marks on the walls. I'm like, I, I, I wish those stories could be told, but I don't think there would be any, you know, like human rights, you know, activism, you know, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like something you don't like. Oh no, that, that is, that's, that's fascinating, Julio. And listen, it's, but it, you know, it, I guess it has, I mean, listen, I cannot speak to you because I've never been to the desert, you know, the, the sub-Saharan desert, but it does, I'm assuming it, it has a humbling effect, right? And kind of like, and again, as, as we talk about existentialism, right, it, it sort of forces you, you know, in your loneliness, right? Because you're there sort of in the vastness of this, of this like harsh landscape, kind of, you know, questioning the, the reason for it, for existing, right? Of, of, of human existence, right? So, you know, the desert um, also, and the yeah. desert life also kind of in a way give you a big slap in the face and and brings and brings yeah. you straight back into the real reality yeah. and our yeah. origins yeah. you know the basics life you know the basic life yeah. you know? and i think it puts into scale our dimension you know the human dimension 
and life and nature, you know, life and nature goes, you know, together, parallel. You know, they put them in a scale. They put them one in front of each other. And I think within this, there is a personal research, a personal look for, you know, the unknown, the unexplored, you know, not just in the outside world, you know, but in the inside, you know, what we have inside. It's a personal journey. The desert is a personal journey. Sure. And gosh, what a journey it is for you. My goodness. Are, so are you, are you writing as well? Because I know you do, I know you do, you do a blog. I know you do, but you, do you do any formal travel writing? Like, do you, have you published anything yet? No, I, as I, you know, I would love to do many things, but God or whoever is up there, I'm not religious, but gave me two hands, one brain and that brain doesn't yeah. work that effectively. <laughs> it's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work. Even yeah, as I said, the logistics, you know. When yeah. you when you're done, when you have your you come back, you you get to see that see the photograph. First of all, you see the photograph you've been seeing and photograph for one month and a half. And first of all, you don't yeah. want to have to do anything to do with it. You know, it's like no yeah, it's pop sand. You know, after that, you start editing, writing for my website, and after that, you're so tired that you know yeah. it's like leave me a lot of. But I would love to write, you know, for magazines and stuff like that. It would be definitely yeah. great to add that to to the to the to the experience. Right. One right, day, right, yeah. I hope. Yeah. One day. So, Julio, the desert minimalism, right? It's it, it which is another of your works. It's well, it's, it's a collection of works, right? Is it's 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 a bit of a departure stylistically, right? From you know from your 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 traditional body of work, right? Can can you share a little bit more about the project, right? Because yeah. it's not your 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 you know your classic photography. It's a total different. The, the theme is the same, the desert, but it just rendered completely different. If you could just walk us yeah, through, yeah, you know, as I said, I've been photographing all my life in a way or in another way. I've been doing that, but at the same time, since a very young age, I've been always cre- very creative, you know. And something I lost in the past 10 years, you know, 12 years, you know, been focusing on so many other things that I haven't been able to kind of let a little bit of their creativity out, you know, and with the NFTs and being exposed to so many amazing artists and art forms, I'm like, wow. And it triggered me, you know, it gave me so many inputs, so many, you know, inspiration that I'm like, Okay, I'm a photographer that is, you know, is, is well established, you know, itself. Now you can tell I'm a photographer. My body of work is there. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. But I want to try to get, you know, that creativity out a little bit and still be in my own theme, you know, because I was, I was looking to do something similar by myself, you know, like sketching or, but for, you know, time, a little bit of effort, but I'm, you know, I'm working on this other expedition. I cannot spend a month trying to, you know, paint things. I don't know how people use iPads. You know, I'm not, I'm technological, but not too many things. So I said, AI came very handy. You know, I'm like, wow, this, I mean, AI is, is crazy. Whatever you like it or not, it has a personal thing. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I accept it. Sometimes I don't accept it, but the, the results are insane and no one can deny that. So I was like, let me try those images, you know, those Creative images I have in my mind of a desert landscape, minimalistic desert landscape can actually happen through AI. And very easily, you know, a few weeks ago, I started playing with it and, and they came out almost as good as I imagined. And it's like, wow, oh, really? wow. perfect. Yeah. You know, I found, you know, it, it was, it's, it's more an experimentation. At the same time, I wanted to give people a sense of a desert landscape 
not through photography because many collectors yeah. or, or, or people in general are not so keen or so into photography. It is understandable. We all have our taste. Yeah. So I wanted to give an alternative, you know, you can still appreciate a desert landscape, but in a different style, you know, so there is no um, too much to be, you know, to be say, said around this project. About it, yeah. 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 And it, it's on foundation, right? You, you, you mentioned on foundation, right? Yeah, there are three pieces. I just wanted to see how they go. You know, they're going to stay there. I'm not rushing that. You know, my focus is literally photography yeah. and there are another potential six out there or three other pieces, you know, it depends. Oh, cool. Oh, it depends. Cool. They're all different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, AI, as you all know, right? It's it's so contentious these days, right? You've got, you know, these schools, you know, different schools of thought, right? And I mean, to me, personally, I feel that the art form, the art within artificial intelligence is in the, is in the prompts, right? It's in the instructions, right? Because, you know, it can be as primitive or as simple as like, you know, draw me this. However, you know, you could have a very, very substantial and very, very sort of researched and very well, you know, creative approach to structuring the prompt, right? Which can be also that then, it, then the, the prompts become sort of like refined and for the refined and then you start building these models. I mean, that's the process. That's, that's the art, right? The aesthetics of it is almost like secondary, right? And I keep going back to that, you know, what, what does it even mean to be art? And what does it mean, you know, to be a collector, right? You know, personally, you know, in my small, you know, collecting, you know, I've, I've collected for a long time, but, you know, I've, I'm of certain means, so I collect what I can afford, right? But, you know, in my experience, it's never been about the, the, the technique or the aesthetics or even the perhaps the political persuasion, for example, of, a, of an artist or a body of work, it's more has to do about the validity of the art, of the art itself, meaning the, the vision behind it, the commitment to the craft on the part of the artist. It's the, uh, it's the, and, and it's, and it's, it goes back to that in, internal struggle, right? To want to tell that story. You know, if all those boxes checked, then I'm good with it. Um, well, you're, you know, you're, it could be you're like, right. Yeah. I fully agree. Yeah. And I'm, okay. I'm actually very happy yeah. that you mentioned that you said one yeah. thing that it's so important in general. What Again, whatever you like it or not, so many times I find myself to fight to this concept. You mentioned vision, you know? And in the, not just in the R word, but in general, is the vision that count. And again, sometimes it's frustrating, but you have to, for example, take Kunz, you know, Kunz, the artist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Kunz yeah. come up with an idea. He's not the one making those beautiful balloon happen. You know, there is a whole workshop of team of people executing the idea, you know, you know, many art, I mean, many sculptures and other artists in the past, they haven't been executing their pieces of art, you know, they've been commissioning, came up with the idea, with the concept, with the vision, you know, and I think that's the most important thing, you know, again, I'm, I'm always struggling, accepting AI in general. I'm not, you know, I still battling that, but the vision that counts them. The, the, as you say, the struggle, the, the, what, the journey that that piece is, is keeping w- within itself, you know? And that's actually well, something that only the artist can tell, you know? Not even the well, artist. Well, well, yes. Because, listen, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's, there's, there's so many, like, amazing pictures out there, right? And amazing picture, beautiful, stunning pictures. But it, you know, doesn't necessarily mean it's art. I mean, because... A beautiful picture in itself, you know, is, is, it just tells one particular story, but it's not, 
it's 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 the thesis behind the, the body of work, right? It's the it's the vision, it's the the you know the 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 inner turmoil, the inner story of the artist that is wants to communicate that. Uh, and that can be done in so many different forms. That's why art is amazing because there's so many different, you know, settings for you to tell that story, right? It can be through abstract means. It can be through photography, right? So it can be through so many different ways. But as long as it's got to have that that innate desire that I've got to tell this story at all costs. Yeah. I, I will give my life to 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 tell this story. Now, whether the result of the story is, is, is an ugly painting or it's a, it, it, it's irrelevant. It's about the, the, it's about the seriousness of that intent. It's yeah. about no, the seriousness. I, of the... You know, I'm, I'm so happy about, uh, you know, hearing this from you. It's actually very beautiful that you're saying this because it's, I feel sometimes it's not all people, you know, many people are driven by the market, are driven by the trend. You know, but we need more people like you, you know, that think this way. I think this is the, the right approach to art in general. I mean, we, we need everyone, you know, we need everyone because yeah, the differences are important. But the true, you know, sometimes, it, you know, like it's, to me, it's really about understanding the artist more than the piece itself, as you said, you know, like it's, there is so much more behind it. And you said risking yeah. life, you know, absolutely. Like, I mean... It's something that I haven't mentioned, but you didn't bring it even up because, I mean, it wasn't in, in the whole conversation. But I'm, unfortunately, I have a kind of a very bad health condition since 20 years. So very long time. And this has been, I didn't want to reveal it. I'm not a big fan of that. Oh, please, listen, you, you, can, you can share as much or as little as you want. Yeah, no, you know, I just is, me, sometimes like, can, yeah. yeah, sometimes can just, you know, give a better context or give a, better inputs to what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, but like a struggle and, and pain and, and, and the harshness of life itself in my personal journey has always been constant, you know, like I just came back yesterday from the hospital for some major issues and, and, uh, but to me, I keep going to these places, not just to prove myself, you know, but to prove in general that big things can be achieved if you really want something, if you're really passionate about something. You know, there yeah. are people sitting on the couch and complaining about things or people finding excuses, you know, like, but, you know, no, if you really want something, you know, there are people with no legs climbing Everest, you know, there are people yeah. with no arms, you know, swimming, like there are and I'm inspired by these people. And, and to me, that this journey of constantly get out of the comfort zone, even, even though I, I'm constantly out of my comfort zone, just staying at home because of my health condition, you know, to me, it's important. And the other aspect is that we only have one life, you know, and the planet, the yeah. world that we live in is one. I don't have other shots. I don't have other opportunities, you know, yeah. I got a... Yeah. I got to literally live this life fully and the best way to do it is to travel and learn from different cultures and different, you know, um, aspects of humanity. Yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the most selfless act, right? That you can do for yourself, right? Is to give, is to give the best shot you can on living the fullest life, right? And having to, and having said, you know, I did the most, the, I did the most I, I was able to do, right? You don't want regrets. You don't want regrets, you know? There is always time, I always say, there is always time for, to, for crying in the future. But right now, live it. Live it fully, you know, do what you can.
Yeah, yeah. And are you are you able to reconcile your 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 health condition with your with these arts travels too? It's I mean, the craziest. Did, yeah. It's the most difficult thing ever. Is the I can imagine right? one month and a half in a desert is it's the craziest thing that someone with what I have could do. It's literally, but I'm, you know, my passion is is too strong. You know, my willingness to do what I love is too strong that wow. I cannot stop. You know, it's, and trust me, it's hard. Like right now, I got a really bad news. I don't know. I don't even know. You know, there is also this big problem that I might feel very healed, you know, while I'm on the expedition, you know, I'm not in a, thir- in a first world country to get from the Sahara to the airport. You know, I'm not even considering going to the, their hospitals. So get straight into the airport, get an airport. Uh, yeah, airplane, yeah, airplane. Yeah. It's, but you know, man, again, I have this life, you know, like I, yeah. I gotta do what I gotta do. You know, the, this is what I know. Well, you know, I, uh, listen, what, what, what an amazing example, right? For all of us, right? Or for just for the, for humanity in general, right? It's, I just, just want people, to, I just want people to get out of their comfort zone, you know? And when I say that, I don't, you know, some people say, oh, but you know, I cannot go. No, start, start little, you, you know, exploration. Yeah, when I, yeah. going back to the first topic, exploration, exploration is, is literally a, a going out of the comfort zone little by little, you know? Whatever you live in Manhattan, in Sydney, or in Toronto, or in, in Guatemala, you know, if you want to explore, you know, whatever, whatever that passion is, whatever that driven call is, you know, just get out, do things, and step yeah. by step, you know, you will achieve what you want, you know. But if you don't get out, if you don't risk, if you don't make mistakes, you're not going to learn. You're not going to improve. You're not going to see that light. You're not going to see that vision, you know? And so speaking of these journeys, like, so how, how did you get into, into Web3? So, you know, I, I've been, when I said I got lost, I lost track a little bit of the pure photography. It's because I was trapped into the social media, Instagram, you know, I was big on yeah. Instagram, build up a huge community there in the past 10 years where I've been able to work with some brands, you know, and stuff like that. But I, it wasn't my thing. You know, I was trapped. I literally, I trapped myself, I would say. And then in 2020, 1920, so a long time ago, actually, some people in my community, they would say, Junior, why don't you get into NFTs, you know, in DMs, in my DMs? And I'm like, okay, but what is NFTs? Like, you've you got to explain. You cannot <laughs> shoot it in my DMs without explaining it or guiding me through, you know? So they wouldn't explain it me. They explain it to me. So I'm like, okay, I can't really dig in deep into it. And then you know, once you at that time you type NFTs, crypto, I'm like, oh no, no, no. This is like it's not for me. It's too complicated. And I think for two two times they told me third times was August something 2021. At that point, I was so pissed and I said, you know what? I'm gonna find out myself. This time. I'm going to apply myself. I'm going to try to understand what NFTs are. Oh my God. I got so many DMs to people and some people said, go on Twitter, go on Twitter, go on Twitter. No one was really helpful. You know, no one wanted to guide me through, you know, I think it is a space, is it is a, an environment where you need someone to take, take you by your hand. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you get, yeah, right, I, yeah. And when was this, uh, Julia, what, was this last year or the year before? No, the year before, to, well, time flies. But yes, what August 2021 and in October, you know, after some research and stuff, I got on Twitter in, sep- in September, October, I got on Twitter and I started, man, I, I have no idea how I started following some hashtags, 
following some people and I end up being in spaces and asking a lot of questions and, you know, and then some after a couple of weeks, someone literally took me under their wings, you know, and guide me through, help me out, you know, and that's how, and I start learning by myself. I honestly, when I joined, I was like, I'm never going to learn, you know, learn or understand anything of this Web3 and blockchain. And look, yeah, um, it's, it's a daunting task, right? Yeah. I feel like the, 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 the barriers to entry are very high from the, just from the, not intellectual, but from, you know, the, 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 you know, it's overwhelming, right? You got to get, you got to get a coin, you got to get a, a Coinbase account, then you got, or oh, whatever, Gemini, whatever it is, then you got to get a met, a wallet, then you have to create, you, have, you should get like a cold wallet in addition to that. And the, you know, the process is like, can be so overwhelming, right? It's, and, it's um, insane. And also, you know, exactly. you join and there is all, already these historical subcultures kicking in and being part of the process yeah. at Web3, you know, like the memes, the, the forums, you know, they're yeah. coming from, you know, stuff that I've seen like 10, 15 years ago, but they reappear in Web3 and all these yeah, yeah, yeah. acronyms, you know, and I'm like, what language are they speaking? I, I felt the first two yeah. weeks, I felt like talking to aliens. I'm like, these people are weird. It took me ages. It took me literally ages. Yeah. But uh, and now, now you're you're at home in Web three. Yeah. You know why I'm comfortable here? Because it's I, great. It's fantastic. It's great that uh, you connect with so many people around the world. And I also many photographers come from the, my same background. You know, through Instagram. You know. Yeah. They went through Instagram, the whole Instagram trend thing. Many people are str have been struggling the same way because from the outside, sometimes it looks all nice and beautiful, you know, and like, oh, yeah. he's traveling or he's going everywhere. But, you know, to make the cat at the end of the month, you know, it's like, it's hard. It's hard. And also, I could have sell my prints long time ago, you know, but something was telling me in my, in my brain, just wait, you know, something else will come, you know. There will be something new, some new technologies. And then NFT came and I'm like, wow, that's perfect. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. So Junior, we're, so we're like, we're one, one hour and 20 minutes into this. So <laughs> it's, yeah. but it's been that kind of a conversation. It's, you know, I told you from the beginning, I just want to know as much as possible about you. Cause I've just been fascinated by your life story and just the overall, you know, approach to, to, to your work. Right. So I'm going to end it with the question that I ask all my guests, right? So, which is Julio next year, Julio in five years, and Julio in 10 years. This is, this is, this question always kills me because I'm like. Everybody hates it, but I like, I like, <laughs> I like asking. Okay. Let's start saying the, the, the health will allow me. Yeah. Next year, I will definitely be doing the same thing. You know, I, I, I don't see anything wrong in, in keeping doing, you know, and seeing yourself the same way you're seeing now, I want to do more. I want to do way more. I want to do way more desert and also get away from this project as well. Like even at the same time, you know, maybe in a, the same year, I can keep doing the desert project, but also, you know, I'm mainly focused on remote regions. So whatever is remote, you know, and now it's the Damn. Sahara project, the desert projects, but it could be something else. So definitely many new trips coming and hopefully many new trips coming. In five years, I, I really hope to be able to be established, not from a fame point of view, but from a, you know, like, how do you say, like, uh, yeah. that I, I'm, I'm, right. I'm going to in the right way, you know, I'm being able to kind of monetize and, and keep doing what I'm doing without having to put my own money into it, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, no, no. 
then be yeah living off that exactly to, to live off, off the off it yeah so that's five yeah. years ten years man oh my god that's <laughs> I'll be forty I don't know I want to keep I want to keep traveling you know I'm a very simple man I I don't aim to material things you're like oh I want to buy a yacht or a Ferrari you know like I just want to keep doing what I love and maybe of course buy an apartment a house whatever that's the only stability the only you know stable thing that i want to have you know to go back home you know have your place but more than that just keep doing what i'm doing and of course an, an important thing in in the long term is to have my work you know recognized but more exhibited you know i want to i want to bring these yeah, stories yeah. to people yeah that's a great now that's a great goal that's a great great long-term vision you know to have the work represented in a you know in a in a, in a Sophisticated in a in a in a uh, in a sort of established way. So f so for the you know for the for big audiences to experience it, right? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's for me. It's more about you know sometimes uh, you know like last year I was a new I was exhibited in New York and other places, and I, it was blowing my mind how I would literally spend two months in some of the remotest and less explored places in the world where ninety nine percent of the population on this planet will never go. And it's day after they would, these photos would be exhibited in, you know, in the first world country, you know, with people have everything. So this contrast is so important, but the long term yeah. is literally, it's not a, about fame or, or actual recognition. It's more about sharing those stories to, with people, you know, telling those stories. Yeah. You know, there is a world out there that you're not even seeing. Yeah. And there are amazing stories that can be told and, and share with you. So, yeah, if a, if a, if a tree falls in a forest, doesn't make it sound right. Yeah, yes, <laughs> it's not yes. Uh, it, it does indeed. If Julia's there to witness it, so wow. What can I say, Julia? This is this is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've, like I said, I've been looking forward to speaking with you. I'm glad you were able to make the time, and I was able to connect with you. And God, I so much look forward to your to your output, to your work. You know, getting out there. Hopefully, you know, hopefully, I'm in the position to be able to collect one of your pieces at some point. I, you are you are my short list of, of artists that I you know that I respect, that I admire, that I look you know forward to bringing to my collection. But you're but you're you know at the end of the day, you're an amazing human too, right? So you're an amazing human being, and I love to. I want to thank you for taking the time to 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 come to the show and share your experience. You know, talk about your art, but most important, talk about the you know, Julio the man and, you know, what your background is that informs, you know, most of your art again. So thank you so much for, uh, for joining us and, and yeah, I wish you all the best and all the success ahead, Julio. I appreciate you a lot for inviting me and it was truly a beautiful conversation and I felt like a good, you know, flow in, in the, in the, the questions and the answers. It, it was amazing for real. I'm glad that you actually came you know right now because i might be gone for a couple of months right timing so no it was it was a pleasure for real and i wish you the best as well i mean hopefully we're gonna meet in new york are you new york yeah are you, are you, are you, are you coming out for nf nft nyc i really wish it's it's literally right now it's not even just comical problem is literally um i'm back on the 12th of april from the sahara so I need a big recovery yeah. from it. <laughs> Actually, more, yeah. Well, I might see you in Italy, though, because you know, I, I, you know, my family lives there, so I might come there in the summer. I might, I might. There's a few people I need to visit, so maybe I make a stop in Florence. So no, uh, but I'll, I'll definitely come back to the, to the states because there are many things. Yeah, either either there or here, we'll definitely we'll definitely get together, have a drink, and just you know, catch up on all these life stories. 
So again, Julio, thank you again. And uh, to everybody, thank you for joining us today on this uh, new episode of Scrapbook. Stay glitch, everybody. Bye.